0: Welcome to Commune, a global wellness community and online course platform featuring some of the world's greatest teachers. We are on a mission to inspire, heal, pass down wisdom, and bring the world closer together. This is the Commune podcast, where each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us live this healthy, connected, and purpose-filled life. You can learn more about our courses, our community, and everything we do At onecommune.com. Okay, so I am experimenting with peppering in some excerpts from Commune courses here on the podcast. And we've built such an incredible library of teachers and programs that it seems only logical to leverage this platform as a means to further spread these valuable ideas. Of course, I will continue to feature new interviews and musings as well. Today's episode is an excerpt from the Commune course, Soil is the Climate Solution, with Finian Makepeace, a co-founder of the organization Kiss the Ground. You can enjoy this program free for five days at onecommune.com slash soil. In this lesson, Finian shares how carbon is not the enemy. The goal is not to eliminate carbon since all life is built from it, but rather the goal is to build healthy soil with carbon through the incredible interactions that happen between plants and microorganisms underground. The result is that degraded soil is healed and carbon is sequestered in a beneficial location. This is the magic of soil. You can learn more about Commune at onecommune.com and connect with us on Instagram at one commune and at Jeff Krasno. I hope you enjoyed this lesson with Finian Makepeace.
1: Welcome to day three. This is when we get into it. We're going to go and we're going to learn how this actually works. How does regeneration actually occur? And today we're really talking all about soil. does this function so we're going to get a bit nerdy we're going to get a bit technical but remember you can reference this video time and time again to more easily understand this sometimes the first time you hear this stuff it doesn't completely absorb remember that it's okay listen as much as you can pause the video if you can Uh, but today we're getting into the big solution called soil so we start with this quote and again using this for yourself saying hey I'm no expert here, but according to experts, they didn't know. So when we have someone, for example, who worked with the NRCS for 25 years, the Natural Resource Conservation Service, which is formerly the Soil Conservation Service, went to school and studied soil science and agricultural methodologies. When they say, and many, many other experts say, we didn't know how the soil worked that's important that sets you up as an advocate for not telling people that you somehow have this superior opinion of no one knew how the soil worked you're saying people who thought they should know didn't really know does that make sense so we're we're giving people that uh, allowance to say look nobody really knew how this worked and recent science and discoveries have shown us how it actually works. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I want to start first with this video. And this video will probably help any audience get a really quick context for everything we're about to talk about. This video as it's playing now, we start in the year in January. And we see and we're monitoring the red are the the dark areas of levels of CO2 concentration in the atmosphere. And what we're watching As the month progresses seems kind of normal right and we get into the end of february and then when we start getting into march what's happening in march tilling we're planting we're tilling we're tilling so you're seeing huge amounts of co2 plumes right and now we're going into late april and and starting to may we're still seeing more and more of this tilling and planting and later may what's happening in later may into June, plants are growing. Plants are absorbing and utilizing that CO2. That phenomenon is what we're talking about. So now, just a pretext, imagine if the whole world were covered in plants. That's what you can start your audience with. Give them a little bit of a holistic perspective of the power of what we're about to talk about. One of the the most pressing issues right now is contextually how we're all talking about carbon. So many references of carbon is this demonized enemy problem state, but carbon is not our enemy. Carbon is the building block of everything alive. That is a different view. That's a new way to say we're starting with carbon is not the enemy. That sets up a different trajectory in the mind. Does that make sense, right? We're saying, no, no, no. This whole thing, carbon's bad. That sets us up for for sustainable thinking. That sets us up for thinking, how do we limit carbon? It doesn't set us up for carbon is not the enemy. Carbon is the good guy. How are we going to use carbon in the regenerative mind, in the regenerative actions, in the regenerative outcomes? I have a, a pet peeve that is about conscientiousness of time. When I talk to many friends who are very smart, there still seems to be a lack of appreciation for time. You can have someone say, you know, 150,000 years ago, a couple million years ago, 300 million years ago, you know, whatever their time reference is. It feels like it all blends together. And I've been a culprit of it just as much. So when we're referencing time, what I'm trying to get across is how long ago something was so that we have more appreciation for the evolutionary process, the research and development that it took to get where we are today. So when we say 500 million years ago, let it sink in. Be like, let's everyone or whoever you're talking to, let's just think about how long ago 500 million years ago really was. It's a long time ago. So when we say, okay, 500 million years ago, there wasn't plants on the land. We had some bacteria and fungi and then some lichen that started to evolve. But plants that we know today, they didn't exist on land. The land was basically barren So 500 million years ago, when plants started to come out of the ocean, these photosynthesizing amazing things came out of the oceans onto land. That's when things started to change. Back then there was so much CO2 in the atmosphere. Talk about global heat, climate change, geez. So when we say, oh my goodness, how did we get the relatively balanced climate that we know? that allows us to live. How did we get the fresh water sources? How did we get all this fertile soil? It's because plants came onto land out of the oceans. That was the beginning and they started working with the fungi and bacteria that were there. we're gonna get to that more in a second. But this helps people get a context for time, really grasping like this is not what the world used to look like. This is an exercise that I've been surprised at how many people, this will just rock their world when they get this one. So whether you're standing in line for a movie or or out at coffee with someone, a great reference point to start is to say, where did that tree come from? Point to a plant or a tree or whatever, where did the structure of that plant come from? And most folks will say the ground, because that's the logical reaction, logical conclusion. The plant has roots, therefore it probably came from the ground, right? And to be truthful, I pretty much thought that too. So when people say, yeah, it comes from the ground, you say, wait a minute, if it came from the ground, wouldn't there be millions and billions of holes everywhere? Because that's a big tree. It must've grabbed all of that ground to make itself. So. People start saying, huh, that make, yeah, I guess so. And then you say, well, What if I told you that the tree, the structure, the whole structure of that tree came out of thin air? And here's a chance for another view shift, right? We often refer to this stuff around us as nothing. This air, we we consider it nothing because to us, this is the, the vacant space, right? But when we grasp that the plant or tree came from and was built out of the substance in this stuff we call nothingness that creates a new perspective in the world the availability of abundance so if the tree came out of thin air the plant comes out of thin air that means we can create the tree or plant anywhere so we say photo freaking synthesis you can say it however you want but we're really trying to emphasize how amazing this process is and how necessary it is for all of us to respect it and to, to be around it and and sink into this idea how this works. What is it? Basically photosynthesis is the process that plants go through to harness energy from the sun. So the sun's energy allows the plant to pull CO2, from the air into the plant and the energy is breaking apart the CO2, connecting the the carbon with hydrogen and oxygen from H2O, water that the plant is pulling up and it's making liquid sugars, connecting them together. That bond is that energy bond. It's connecting them together. That is the sap, the liquid in a tree. You know, when you, you break a tree or you tap it, the liquid sugars, that is what the tree builds itself out of all those carbons in there are the structure of the tree they they build themselves out of those carbohydrates so grasping that the tree is pulling in this co2 to build itself is a phenomenon unto itself right it's not just that the tree makes oxygen that we learned in in high school or middle school so this tree came from thin air that's what we're saying that's the big thing so a little lesson so A leaf of a tree or or a blade of grass or anything growing has these things called stomata. And as you'll see on the picture, uh, there are stomata and on a tree, they're on the underside primarily of the leaf. Um, And what they're doing is they're sucking in CO2. So these stomata, which are 300 per square millimeter. That means there's so many on the bottom of the leaf they're constantly sipping in (laughs) sipping in co2 so we we made a little parody here this is our co2 monster you put eyes on it and it's just giving people a reference point that these leaves and and these stomata on on grasses or what have you are constantly sucking in (laughs) while they're photosynthesizing they're sucking in this co2 and so that's people to get to grasp that that's happening all the time so then we say okay if that's how a tree or plant forms itself builds itself Where does soil come from? And we're saying soil is also built from thin air. And this is the big revelation that we're going through with you. This is the big discovery that's happened in the last 30, 40 years, that most of us are just getting around to understanding that soil is also built from thin air. How did we we understand soil building before? Well, most of our textbooks, many still say this, that. Uh, sand silt and clay are eroding off of a mountainside or what have you and things fall to the ground or things decompose on the surface and they mix with that sand silt and clay and they create soil. That's true but that's only a fraction of what makes our topsoil and our soil the the carbon the, the healthy stuff of our soil because that stuff is decomposing. So that means most of that stuff on the top layer that fell to the ground Decomposes, meaning it's turned back into CO2 very quickly within a year. So you say, okay, if that's 10, 15, 14, in some cases, 20% of the soil, what's making the rest of it? How is healthy soil built? And this is the big discovery. This is the aha moment of this is how soil is built. Plants are sharing those liquid sugars that they made. They're sharing them with the organisms in the soil this is what we call the big exchange so this is why life on earth is the way it is this is why life is prospering this is why everything constantly moves in this upward abundance is because plants are sharing their sugars with the organisms in exchange for the harvesting of minerals and Access to water. This is a relationship that has been around, a symbiotic relationship that's been around for 500 million years. So this is why it's so phenomenal to understand this is 500 million years of research and development that's been happening between bacteria and fungi and nematodes and and the roots of plants. So how does it work? We are looking at the tip of a root in this sphere that's called the rhizosphere, the tip of the root is not actually that small. So when we look at the tip of the root and we say, okay, we just learned that plants are sharing their sugars, their liquid sugars with the soil organisms. What does that mean? Well, if we zoom into this picture by David Montgomery, this blue hue around here, that's representing those sugars that are being pushed out or let's let's think of it as sweat like if you looked at your arm and your arm was the root it would be sweat on your arm would be like those liquid sugars that are feeding bacteria for example and when you feed those bacteria the sugars there's a big party of bacteria all around there and now what they're doing is they are making the minerals in the substrate that is the soil the sand silt and clay they're making minerals available for the plant to uptake or they're making food Uh, being themselves, that nematodes are eating, and then what they excrete is available for the plant. So the plant is in this relationship. It's sharing its sugars to feed the organisms that are making minerals available to it. So that's what those red dots are all signifying, those little bacteria. And so we're seeing the plant exudates is that black line. It's pumping out. And then the available nutrients is that white, saying now the plant can absorb those minerals. So you get that healthy tasty food that you like so with this biology with the the sugars that these organisms are feeding on they are making what would otherwise have been unavailable for the plant if the root was just by itself they're making those minerals in the soil substrate available for the plant to uptake that's the phenomenal relationship and these other things the mycorrhizal fungi you see these strands they're actually puncturing into the root tip itself. So you see those strands and they're acting like IVs. So again, imagine if your arm is the tip of the root, the mycorrhizal fungi could be the hairs on your arm. And now imagine each of those hair strands is you know, several feet long and it's going out into the soil. And what's amazing about these things is they can actually use their enzymes that they excrete to to mine or burrow into rock to find minerals and pump them back to the plant that's amazing so these things mycorrhizal fungi if you see this this photo here we're looking at a naked plant root and one with mycorrhizal fungi on it now if you ask yourself if that soil around those roots in the naked picture if there was boron here and cobalt here and magnesium here how easy would it be for that plant to absorb it not very easy then you look at the the picture with the mycorrhizal fungi all of the sudden the the capacity of that root system is increased by thousands and thousands of times because we have this relationship so understanding a symbiotic relationship that is uh evolved with 95% of all plants have utilized and utilized this relationship. So us depending on it, us recognizing it and recognize the genius of it and the evolution of it and the technology of it is super important because if we don't, we will fail. Here is a zoomed in picture of an actual root tip with actual mycorrhizal fungi strands on it. Look at that. You can just tell how much more is bioavailable now to that plant because it has that relationship with those mycorrhizal fungi. Now, here's the big kicker. Remember I told you that the plant is pumping out its sugars? Well, each of those strands, it's pumping out sugars to feed those strands, so those strands can grow. So it's literally pumping out liquid uh, carbon, liquid sugar carbon, and in return, the, the fungi are pumping back minerals and water. And the cool thing that we're getting here is that now those strands are made of what carbon their structure is also carbon so as the plant root grows and as those strands die and fall off even sometimes when they're living they have a glue a sticky substance that protects them a coating on the outside of each of those those uh, filamental strands are called hyphae those roots now when they break off if it's sticky on the outside imagine what it's doing to aggregate the soil together take a piece of gum for example pull it out in a big string throw it into a sandbox you aggregate the sand together because of that sticky material so this sticky glue like substance which is also made of carbon is called glomalin and that is what's aggregating our soil together that's what makes healthy aggregated soil so once we had compressed Uh, Very limited, uh, bad soil, you all of a sudden have these strands of mycorrhizal fungi, they they aggregate the soil, they make more space in the the soil for air and water, and they they create this spongy amazing soil substance. They make the carbon rich soil. So that pump that I was talking about, the plants are sharing 30 to 40% of their sugars sometimes in some scenarios even 80 percent of their sugars they're pumping down to feed the bacteria and the mycorrhizal fungi that is amazing because that's a carbon pump plants are pumping it in the soil microorganisms are storing carbon in the ground as aggregated humus that's the system we're talking about that's the big aha that humans didn't really understand so we get carbon glued aggregates underground. And what does healthy soil do? It makes things better for everything. So these make spongy water absorbing air infiltrating aggregates of soil under the ground. What we didn't learn in our textbooks is that soil is built by the plant exudates feeding the microcosm, the universe underground, feeding it carbon sugars this changes everything once we grasp this this changes how we farm how we feed ourselves how decisions are made in policy how our world is going forward and you can help share that message so here's it looking at another way so on this side we have plants covering the ground right and we're saying okay we get it the plants are pumping carbon in through their stomata they pump the carbon sugars down into the ground Now, all of the soil is alive. It's full of life now because you put all the carbon in there, right? You're feeding all the sugar. So now there's all this life, but life respires. Life makes CO2. We make CO2 because we're living organisms that are burning energy and creating CO2. Now, here's the genius of the natural system. It figured that out. So as the decomposition is happening on the ground, you can see the arrows. The co2 release these blue arrows we have leaves where all their most of their stomata are on the bottom so when the things start to decompose and the soil is living breathing doing its thing we have carbon co2 going up it gets captured again by a leaf or uh, by a strand of grass which also has stomata on it so what we're saying is there's a closed loop system so that co2 starts to go up gets taken absorbed again by the plant and then it goes down back into the plant and into the soil. So when we have enough plant cover, we're saying, wait a minute, we're we're allowed to pump carbon in and then the carbon that's released, a lot of it's getting reused. So that's why we're getting the addition of soil carbon all the time. We're building soil. We're regenerating the soil versus this other side that sure, you can pump a bunch of life into there, pump, pump a bunch of carbon in, but if you don't have the plants there, if you don't have the living roots there, you're gonna be losing that carbon. Those organisms are gonna to need to feed themselves. They're gonna eat the carbon. They're gonna turn it back into CO2. So we have to respect the process of these amazing plants that are pumping carbon into the ground, capturing it again, and having a regenerative tendency on our land. We can look at it clear as day in this picture. Do you see which soil is healthy? Do you see which soil is full of carbon? Do you see which soil is aggregated so that you could understand that water can be absorbed, that air is flowing in there. We humans can now work with nature to rebuild that healthy soil. We can take that degraded soil that's in this photo and we can turn it. We can work with nature to turn it into the healthy version of itself the version of itself that is maximizing its potential, that is hosting billions and billions of organisms, in one teaspoon of healthy soil, there are more organisms than there are people on planet Earth. The biology is crucial. And what else is crucial? Feeding the biology. If we don't feed the soil, pump the carbon in, It will degrade. It will turn back into CO2. You can help get this message out to the world.
0: Thank you for listening to this lesson with Finian Makepeace. As always, feel free to email me at jeffk at com, or follow me on Instagram at jeffkrasna and make my mom proud leave us a review on Apple Podcasts that's all from the Commune for this week my name is Jeff Krasna and I am here for you